Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday we were shaking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew. And in our relationship, Monday, we talked about the things men hate to see women wear. Mm, This was a really interesting one. Because we generally don't talk about stuff like this. Well, the first thing they talked about is they hate to see women wear shoes they cannot walk in. Now, (laughs) I got to say I agree. Nothing is worse than watching a woman walk around in some shoes that she cannot walk in comfortably, properly, whatever, You want to call it, she's bumbling and stumbling around and look like she about to fall all over the place. Yo, you know, like I said yesterday, I had a friend many years ago and she was kind of on the thick side and her, you know, the man she was seeing wanted her to have this long flowing hair. He wanted her to have these high heel shoes on, and she'd have to walk from the train station and to the train station with these shoes on, and possibly even stand on the uh, the train. It wasn't guaranteed we'd get a seat, and she'd have these shoes and she could walk but I mean it it was so uncomfortable it was so uncomfortable 
And, you know, you got to be careful of, you know, when people put these kind of mandates on you. I mean, because that was hard. That was quite hard. All righty. Well, what about the fact that they hate the Uggs? They think Uggs are ugly. Now, I remember when Uggs first came out, they used to call them the Alistair Goon boots because they were so big and they looked so heavy on a woman's foot. And, I mean, I was like, wow. And you would see women wear them with dresses, with pants. It didn't matter. They'd have those Uggs on. Well, men have officially stated that they hate women wearing those ugly Uggs. Well, what about the fact they say that they hate to wear women, they hate to see women wear shoes that don't fit? Mm, mm. Well, they definitely talked about this one yesterday. Either the toes are coming out the front of the shoe, which I never understood. That cannot be comfortable. Or the shoes are too big. And that there, that looks ridiculous. When a woman is marching around in her shoes, because that's the only way she can keep the shoes from falling off her feet. Yeah, because they about to come off her feet because they too big. Or you hit them, plop, plop. Yeah, my goodness gracious. Mm, mm, mm. What else did they say? Let's get one more. Let's get one more. Let's get one more. Um, okay. They talked about hair accessories. Now, the men in the article talked about those thin headbands. And, you know, women can wear some hair accessories that Look a little weird To some And uh I guess men are paying attention to everything Mm-hmm Well Hey Now you're finally hearing it ladies Now some women may say Listen it's my comfortability It's my feet This is how I want to spend my money as long as I spend my money. I mean, to each his own, to each his own. You know, I I don't know if you want to pay attention to this list. I don't know if you don't want to pay attention to this list. But I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a truly interesting list to hear just flat out what men said that they did not like to see women wear. All righty. All righty. Well, here's the funny part. When it comes to women, they definitely will tell the man what it is that they don't like. Oh, yeah, you let him put on something that she don't like. Mm-hmm. 
Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And she's not going to be nice about it. No. I don't see that happening very often. All right? Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Hmm. We had our switch tip yesterday. Yep. The switch with Shantice. Do not become spiritually blind. Now, mm, this is interesting because when I think of, if I keep it in, you know, contained to men and women, you know, um, mm -hmm, this can definitely have some effect on the way you see things. Yeah. You don't think so. Yeah, it does. You know, there are many ways you can become spiritually blind. And one of the things is when you put something or someone before God. Mm -hmm. It wipes away everything. And I have definitely seen when a man has put a woman before God or when a woman has put a man before God and... Now, this has wiped away all of your natural view for God. Now, I, know, I don't know how much sense that makes, but trust me, I've seen this happen. There are many ways, but being that we're talking about this, you know, the things that men hate and, you know, things that women hate about a man... This is definitely something that can make you spiritually blind. When you put something or someone before God, it can definitely take away your view of all of the godly things, all of the things that God has actually shown you, and now what you see is jaded. Now whatever, you know, he or she says, like, you know what? I always wondered about that. You know, if he says something, you know, hey, you know, I don't really think it's really like that. Now, before he came along, you were fine. Before she came along, you were fine. You read the scripture. You saw things clearly. God was able to reach you. You know, you were following the Lord, and all of a sudden, hmm, once you started smelling someone else's oats, <laughs> man, oh man, oh man, the things of God became cloudy. You began to question everything that the Word of God says. You began to question everything that the pastor says. Oh, yeah. You never seen anybody like that? Mm. It happens. So you want to make sure you keep your eye on the prize. You want to make sure you stay prayed up. You want to make sure you stay in the word of God and you make sure you meditate on God's word day, night, afternoon, mid-morning, dusk. 
dawn, at 24 hours a day, you meditate on God's word. Because any time you take a break or a long pause, man, the enemy will creep himself inside that crack or crevice and really put some doubt up in your head. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. So, (laughs) you're not going to make a difference. Okay? Okay? Well, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. It It was good. It was good. Okay? Made you think. Some thought provoking things. All right? All right. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And you know what we're doing. We're in the midst of my two cents. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about. All right? So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Okay? And uh, we are in the season of My Two Cents. Yes, we're reviewing Kingdom Business Season 2. Episodes 5 and 6. Ah, 
good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Uh, welcome to My Two Cents, the film and TV review. By it's two time with Pastor Steph. Yes, and we are reviewing Kingdom Business Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6. And that would be, hmm, Broken People and Fear is Not My Future. Now, I have to tell you, this here, these two episodes were quite, quite interesting and definitely was a step up in intensity in some of the uh some of the areas where last we left episodes uh, three and four we reviewed last week when we closed down on episode four last week essence had gotten into a really bad car accident and that had taken place after she and Taj had gotten into a, you know, uh, an argument. So, you know, they were talking about the baby and the marriage and stuff. And so you really didn't know where this story was going to go because, you know, these these uh, shows are doing all kinds of things. They are going in all different types of directions. And I was really interested in where they were going to actually take this story, you know, um, and, hmm, you know how we do, Shantice always gives us our start, so let's say good morning to Shantice, good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, that's good. I'm well, thank you. I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. Hmm. So, you know, I was really interested in where they were going to go last week when, you know, Essence had gotten into the car accident and, you know, they showed that it was pretty bad. And, you know, these shows these days, you don't know what the writers are doing. And I was like, okay. Where are we going? So why don't you give us our little start to episode five? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that really stood out in the for the start of episode five was the wardrobe. And <laughs> Not just because of how it looks, but what it symbolizes and what it can symbolize. And what really caught my attention was Danita's wardrobe. Um, you know, after she asked Calvin to, you know, come together, get the family together in prayer so they can pray for essence and, you know, the baby and praying that everything is okay. And I'm just looking at this. The outfit with the cake was just killing me. And at first, it was just about the appearance. And I'm like, this cake is killing me. Like, you're in your house. And, I mean, even outside, it was killing me. But especially because you're in... And I have, I have a thing where... And it could just be me. But I have a thing with whatever show I'm watching. 
even back in, you know, the, the 90s sitcoms that we love and grew up on, it's like, who walks around their house fully clothed all okay. the time? And I understand mm-hmm. it's TV. Mm-hmm. I understand it's TV. At the same time, I think y'all can make it a little more realistic. You know, no one walks around with heels in their house all the time with nowhere to go. And I was looking at this cape, and I'm like, okay, now it's just more about the appearance. It's what it symbolizes. And, you know, now that she's not in this whole era of, you know, I've lost my memory. I'm not sure of who's who and what's what and what's happening and what's going on. Your demeanor comes from your attire a lot of the time. And this whole you wearing a cape, around the house and so it just shows the dominance that you're trying to have you know that you're trying to possess again and that's where her character is again you know this whole well I have to make it be known who I am and this that and the third so on and so forth and I'm just like you know people don't understand that you without you realizing or trying sometimes, and sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's subconscious, that you're feeding this ego a lot of times based on what you wear. And I don't know that, for some reason, that just really, really, really stood out, especially with that being um, the the start of the episode and, you know, them starting out with not being too sure as to, you know, it was a touch and go with, um, the baby's health, not so much of Essence's health. But yeah, that for some reason, that just really, really, really stood out to me. <laughs> I thought it was me. I thought it was me. You know, sometimes, you know, you notice these things and, you know, you're kind of, you know, you got your little idiosyncrasies and things like that. But mm-hmm. I, I think the same thing. And I'm like, okay, does anybody ever get comfortable? in their home they've Mm -hmm. fully dressed you know i don't know one woman who comes in the house and she does not start undressing at the door she doesn't start changing her clothes at the door and it kind of puts you you know in a different mode it it it, it puts you in a relaxed mode it puts Mm -hmm. you in a different headspace and it allows you to kind of shake off the fact that you you know you're you're outside whatever's going on the outside is the outside so you know i thought it was just me and i'm like well not only are they walking around in the house with their shoes on you know high heel shoes but they're fully dressed so nobody's ever in a relaxed mode so nobody's always going to be coming to your house so i i thought it was just me right but um you know, with um, CJ, you know, she's the one kind of giving the information as to an update as to what's going on. And, you know, um, I didn't know where we were going to go, like I said. And, you know, so needless to say, we did not go to, you know, she lost the baby and, um, you know, Taj is there with her at the hospital and you know um she's got this bruise on her face so that's the conversation you know because you know she's thinking about her looks and you know that that stuff is important to her so i'll uh i'll, I'll give i'll 
our, our brother Ainsley an opportunity to take us, you know, uh, you know, brother Ainsley does, he always pushes us a little further in. Hey, good morning, brother Ainsley. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, Shantice. Good, good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm up. I'm up. Yeah. I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> it's early so, Tuesday morning. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. So, what's for your opening of episode five? You know what? You're right. Um, how they they end the episode with a cliffhanger and I was wondering okay what's going to happen and actually I was kind of thinking either one or two things they're going to kill Essence off so the entire mm. he got two reigns to go after Rebel or oh. at least uh, yeah or at least um, she's going to lose the baby in which case then because I think that's the only real reason why He's engaged to marry Essence in the first place. So, okay. um, and so I figured, okay, if she loses the baby, then, all right, then that's his out. But, of course, that didn't happen. And right mm-hmm. off the top, it was like, okay, she's okay. She's just in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this uh, you, you're right. This, ep- um, this episode, you know, these, these two episodes, they were kind of me. There's a lot of stuff was going on. A lot mm-hmm. of different storylines in, in it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but um, the sticking with the essence, you know, it's and rebel. It seems I don't know if the gel catches or not. You know, after a while, when she realizes, you know, she had to scare, and they ran the test to make sure she's going to be okay and the baby's going to be okay, and she was thinking like the universe. And God, and, hey, and hold, on, hold on, Brother Ainsley. Bro- Brother Ainsley, I'm sorry. Huh? Oh, how we get all the way there? Now, I know you pushed the episode, but goodness gracious, we got like 900 things to happen. There's so many, there's so many things to talk about. There's so many oh, things to talk goodness. about. <laughs> Oh my god. Man, there's so many things to talk about. All right, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Don't let me stifle you. Don't let me stifle you. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Right, but, but go, go ahead, go ahead, right. go ahead. Yeah, but you know, it seems like okay. Yeah, I did take it quite a bit far. Yeah, I'm like, well we are halfway in episode already. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know, but you see this dynamic that, you know, she's still thinking outside of the church, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. thinking universe. Yet, yet at the same time, you see that a rebel, um, she said, you know, at one point, you know, yeah, I did pray for the three of you, um, the, um, the three of you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, you seem like she's coming closer right. to her faith and, and rebel is like a totally opposite. You know, this dynamic and stuff going on between um, between them. Um, all right, I thought it was interesting that SNC tells Taj um, she really doesn't want him to work with Rubble anymore. Okay, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm going to have to definitely stop you there. Because okay. we, we, we almost I, at I, the I, end now. Shanti's. Should we just like that shut his mic episode. off? 
That was I know. <laughs> we're about to that shut your mic <laughs> off. We're about to shut your mic off for real. Well, you know. My bad. My bad. You know. My um, bad. My where bad. your notes at? Oh, my goodness, Grace. You're going to have to keep some notes. Because next you'll be in episode like nine, and we'll be like, haven't even looked at the show yet. Oh, my goodness, Grace. Right, let, let me get to okay. my notes. Let me get to my notes. I'm okay. Get my notes. Wait a minute. Right. You trying to do this by memory? Oh my goodness gracious! Okay, here let's talk about the fact that, and I, I'm 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 going to take you. I'm I'm going I'm going to put you in a, a specific spot. Let's talk about the fact that Danita um, acknowledges that she has, you know, her memory's been restored. She tells Calvin that her memory and you know and and everybody okay officially my memory's been restored and I did it. So that, you know, uh, uh, Caesar's, um, what do you call it, uh, lawsuit, lawsuit would be put off a little further. And Calvin's response to the fact that she's revealing and, 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 and CJ is pretending like she don't know. Ah, she doesn't know that, um, you know, this is even an issue. So let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Let's talk about that that first brother Ainsley. Yeah, um she just came clean. And right, so CJ, you know, yeah, right, CJ was like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> really? You got your memory back. Wow. But uh, interesting, Calvin, you know, you question her, like, well, when did you know? Why come you didn't um, tell us? And, yeah, she's right because, you know, because she, she overheard him talking about um, the lawsuit from Caesar. So it would be in the best interest to, to play along with his, uh, her amnesia. And didn't I say that from the beginning? I said, yep, yeah, she she's did. faking it. She's faking it. Yeah, uh, she's she definitely did. faking it. She did. Yeah, you know the 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 thing that I thought was kind of interesting in this particular area was the fact that he then begins to question anything she said. You know, remember they had started kind of getting close, and and yeah. you know stepping into some area that they hadn't been in, and now this kind of puts into question. Um. Everything that she said for him, so it, it looks like he's a bit heartbroken over the fact that you know she's fake. She wasn't fake. She was faking because now he has to wonder. Well, you know, is is our closeness even real anymore? Right. Cause he does ask her what you said. Was it real? Right. Right. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah. So before you take us to the cliffhanger of episode nine, Shantice, <laughs> 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 let's talk about the fact that now they they are you know wondering if you know the baby is disabled. You know they they do kind of take us on this little journey of you know is the baby okay? You know, um, Berlanzi went past that part as well, but. What 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 does that do for you in the storyline as you're watching? Well, first I was trying to figure out how she had all this. She wasn't as bad as she could have been physically, but I'm like, how she ain't got one broken nail? Okay. But then, okay. Are you talking about 
the the baby. Because <laughs> um, again, you know, I, I pay attention to certain details. With the baby, um, I assumed that there was going to be, you know, potentially something wrong with the fetus, um, you know, because of the, especially because of the way we saw her positioned, you know, at the end of episode four. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I knew that it was definitely going to now add even more tension because already it was the tension of, oh, you really don't want to marry me and, you know, so on and so forth. So now with the baby potentially being jeopardized now, it's like, oh, gosh, now here's something else. And, you know, she, it was it was good to see that there was no vanity in essence at that point. You know, like it was all about her really being concerned about the baby. You know, when she started crying, it was like she's really crying because the baby could possibly, you know, she could miscarry, you know. And it was just like that was good to see because all we see from her and hear from her is vanity. You know, it's all about her image, all about her looks, all about this wedding, all about, you know, her relationship. It's all about sex, you know, so that unfortunately, you know, she was crying because, you know, the baby could possibly possibly be harmed. But it was good to see that while she does have the capacity to really care about something outside of herself, you know, so um, with seeing that and, you know, having that kind of touch and go with, with the doctors and, you know, it possibly put um, Taja's feelings in perspective, you know, because, like, yeah, I propose because my grandmother's trying to do this arranged marriage, and, you know, I would like my child to grow up, you know, with a family and not just us co-parenting, but now I almost lost you. Now we can almost lose the baby. I, I really, I actually really do care about you. I could actually see myself, you know, being with you for real, for real. So to, to see that, it was just like, more wow on essence part because we've mm. never seen that from her before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually thought that there would be more damage to her as well. No, I'm not looking for coma or anything like that, but definitely, right. you know, maybe a, a bruised arm or you know whatever. The only thing you have is this cut on her eye. And you do see some vanity um, at some point, not as extreme as it actually could be. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts talking about this cosmetic surgery and, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, her face, um, you know, can, you know, for uh, pictures and, you know, all kinds of things. And, you know, she's worried about being in front of the camera. And then to the point of, um, you know, pushing it further a little bit where, you know, the doctor speaks of the fact that the baby could be disabled and her admitting that she's really not up for this, um, you know, disabled mother um, journey. Mm-hmm. You know, disabled baby. Yeah, and that... Right. Yeah, that that didn't surprise me when she, when she was considering aborting it, aborting mm-hmm. the baby. 
that didn't surprise me at all. And I actually commend that, um, you know, no one wants, especially as Christians, you know, uh, abortion should not, but she ain't no Christian. Um, but it was all about the, the transparency, you know, and, again, it wasn't about keeping up this facade. It wasn't about our relationship. It was really about me understanding, like you said, me understanding who I am, where I am. I'm not, like she said, I'm not ready to give up my career because I understand that this is going to take all of me to now tend to a child who would need me more than, you know, a child who was healthy. So when she was considering abortion, I was like, that that's not a shock. But then how many men and women, you know, they're not honest with themselves or with their mate to say anything, you know, in regards to that. Now the baby is here, healthy or not, and now you now all the feelings spill out, you know, right. at, at that point. So that right. I actually was like, you know, and, and she and she said it so humble, like it was so humble. It didn't come out like, well, listen, I ain't fitting to take right. care of no disabled child, you know, like because that's how she normally comes off. There's very little humility within her, mm-hmm. even when she's not all rah-rah. But for it to even come out so humble, I commended her also. I was like, wow, that was actually said and done in with class. And I think that's why Taj's reaction wasn't, that's why it was the way it was, because even though right. it's like I'm not trying to hear that, I, I'll give up whatever I got to give up. I think because she said it where I just really have to be honest with you and with myself, and you could tell, like, it possibly hurt her to even say it, you know, right. like, right. for me to even feel this and think this, this hurts me, but listen, if we're doing this, we're the parents, I got to be real, so that, I actually commended her for that. Okay, I know. It was it was a lot to say and I actually mm-hmm. was like, Wow, she said it. That I I was like kinda taken um a little by surprise mm-hmm. myself that okay, you know what? She's not gonna pretend. Because I thought, based on this whole, she's dying to get married to Taj, she'll pretend like she's willing mm-hmm. to do anything. But I was really surprised, and, and I'm coming to you, um, uh, Brother Ains, about this response that Taj has mm-hmm. and her, um, her uh, what do you call it, the... Um, the feeling that she does, she says, you know, I'm willing to slow down, you know, on my career, but I'm not willing to give it up. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to get rid of this. And he says, you know, hey, you know, I'll I'll step back and I'll let you do you and I'll be the primary caregiver. What do you feel about, you know, the fact that he was willing to actually go, go to that, go that distance? You know what? To me, it sounded good for him, but to me, it was just lip service. But what else are you going to say? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're right. You know what I'm saying? He has to, it's this whole image, because to me, the bottom line is he's really only with her because she's pregnant. And, you know, so he ain't going to just, you know, he ain't going to just walk out like that. So it's, it's it's lip service. It's it's it, it, he means. I mean, I think in his heart he means well, but 
you know, it's only the circumstances. He's just going through the motion because of the circumstance that he's in. He's not going to say, yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I think that's the right way to go. That that is the, the appropriate response, really. But the bottom line, I don't think his heart deep down, there's there's feeling and care for her. But ultimately, that's if if you could change it, he would not be in the situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to me, it it was it's that's what the right that's what thing he's supposed to say, and I'm in that particular moment he's supposed to show support. And and love and caring, you know, for your unborn child and stuff. Of course, you don't want. He ain't gonna say, yeah, okay. Um, I hear you. Yeah, I think we might as well just go ahead and just just abort this right now. No, he he said what was appropriate to say at that moment. But I really think when I'm watching it, I was like, okay, this is really lip service. I mean, he does okay. there's a certain level of care in it, but I'm like, yeah. Okay, man. I'm not really feeling all of that, really. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Let's let's kind of push forward to mm, some things I want to say for the church folks segment. Now, um, mm, we kind of get into some interesting curve here. Last week we spoke about um what's her name? Uh Rebel and her singing, you know, the the gospel to the, you know, uh secular music from the secular to the gospel. And now we see that she's actually singing the gospel music, I'm sorry, the secular music, and she's not feeling it. She's constantly talking about, you know, when she's singing Caesar's music, you know, how that's making her feel and how Caesar's music is changing lives. And I'll give you the the start on this one, Brother Ainsley. Yeah. Um, at first, okay, um, when she's in the studio uh, with, uh, what's the guy's name, X? X, yeah. And he, yeah, and uh, he's not feeling. He says, "Do it again, do it again." The whole dynamic of the relationship to me, it kind of comes into play, you know, mm-hmm. in there because it's like, okay, it ain't getting no better. She's doing over and over again. She's singing the same way. She ain't feeling it, and and to me, um, she got a lot of nerve to, to tell X. Well, I like I like how it was, it was oh, things was going that, over that. at Caesar. Because oh, I'm like, I'll be the same way too. Then, if you like this so much, why are you over here? You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know. So it, it wasn't working, and but yeah, you see her, um, her, her. I guess all of her teachings, if you will, is starting to, it's starting to take root, so to speak. It's starting to take root that uh, mm-hmm. there's some meaning, but yet, I still, to me, it's like you still. You know, you, you go in, you sing you, with X, yet at the same time, you singing gospel at the same time. It was like, it was like really back and forth, back and forth. At one point, I thought, because when she goes to some kind of event with X, and there's the um, the 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 news guy or the the interviewer and stuff like that, I thought mm-hmm. it was going to kind of blow up her spot. 
okay, how are you the gospel artist, but yet now you with this um, producer on the secular side. You know, I think he, he does, does kind of say blow up. something like that. He does, he does say something like that to her. To her. Right, I thought he was going to kind of even blow it up even more, more, oh, more than okay. that. So it's kind of going back. Yeah, you're going, you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was like, at one point to me, I was like, come on, girl. Please make up your mind. Come on now. <laughs> okay, you know? okay. Well, you know, we talked about her toggling back and forth and the fact that her heart really wasn't in it. You know, this whole gospel um, thing, and, you know, she's, she was kind of pushed, and, you know, um, Caesar's kind of nudging her in the gospel arena, but her heart wasn't in it. And to see this transition take place, Shantice, is like what to you? I was dying the first time she said it, and she caught, and she caught herself. And she was like, I don't get it. And I was trying to figure out what he was looking for because as a singer, I understand, and this is one of the reasons I'm happy I write my own song, but as a singer, I understand, you know, when you're singing someone else's you know, music, someone else's lyrics, you know, they're, they're listening for something. But I'm sitting there like, what, what are you expecting from this song? Like, so when she started singing, are you? Are you paying attention to the lyrics that you wrote? What What are you expecting me to give out of this? And like she said, the song wasn't really saying anything. So when she said, you know, I'm not really feeling this, so it's not really doing it because, like, it, it's not like the song I sing with Caesar. And but by the time she got to enter his name, she called herself like, wait, whoa, okay, because mm-hmm. those were the same words he would say to her. And it wasn't to big himself up, but he was saying to her, this is why you're singing this genre. Not this is why you're singing the song that I wrote or the song that so-and-so wrote, but this is why because the gospel genre is all about, I mean, all of the music. Every, I don't care which genre it is, you're supposed to feel the music. But we all know, especially with God's music, you really have to feel it and if you think about last season, every single person he brought in to work with her spoke to her about feeling the message mm-hmm. God had within whatever song they were coaching her through. So I was, I literally started cracking up when she slipped and said it because it was like, aha, this is what God has been trying to show you. And while you were looking for the glitz, and the uh, and the clout and the uh, the money and all of that, none of that means anything, obviously, because X has access to all of that. But yet, you're looking to have the feeling you had with the person who you didn't feel was getting you anywhere. And these are the things that you know you have to realize. And this is why, you know, and we even see it in this show why the music industry sucks now. Because it's all about money and clout and if I could walk the red carpet and all of that. What does it matter if your music has no foundation or substance? It means nothing. So now everybody's wasting money, studio time, personal time. You're, you're, you're getting upset because now you see that you actually want value. 
Now you realize that I actually want to get something out of this outside of money and attention. I actually want to feel what I'm singing. And now this matters in a whole different realm. So I I thought it was hilarious. Well, it's... it took, you know, I, I was waiting for this to happen because, again, you know, like you said, this has been the message this entire time. You know, it's been said over and over and over and over again. And finally, I was like, yes, she's finally feeling what she's singing. You know, and, and that's the way God does you. You know, you, it's going to sneak up on you. <laughs> and so I was really kind <laughs> of glad to see that, you know, um, she caught herself because that way I'm like, okay, now she's she's got an opportunity now to to kind of hone in to what she's saying, hone in to what you're feeling. So I, I really thought I was really happy, at, you know, that that happened because, like I said, we had spoken about that before, and you know, she had been underestimating, you know, all of you know. Um, what they were saying would eventually happen if she continued to sing um, this gospel music. So that that was a nice curve, and especially being that we were talking about this last week, it was it was a nice immediate curve. Um, nothing that they took too long to um, really um, show. Now, let's move into an area that I. When I tell you this came out of nowhere for me, I don't know about you two, and I give you an opportunity to um, say so, but there's this, this, you know, all during this episode up to this point, there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, when the show opens up, the, the, the show, yeah, the, the episode kind of in the beginning of the episode, um, it said that, you know, Danita had been faking, um, you know, reliable sources say that Danita was faking her amnesia. And when CJ's husband ends up being the one who drops the ball and lets everybody know, I was so thrown because I, I cannot see the connection and this is one of the things that I was kind of like, uh, 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 I was a little annoyed at because I'm like, all right, please, yeah, let it have been someone like a Sasha or someone who had an angle. It To me, there was no connection. Now, maybe you two can bring the connection, but to me, I, I think they had come too far in his um, taking care of Danita and you know, watching over her during the time she was in the hospital, and it seemed to be the genuine concern about her. doesn't mean that, you know, you, you, you don't forget how people hurt your feelings or how people may have done this or that to you. But I was really thrown when it came out that he was the one who told and made the phone call. Mm-hmm. What, what about you, yeah. Brother Ains? Yeah, I was surprised too, cause and then you know, you got a scene, a sense that CJ she had an idea. Like, wait a minute, I think let me find out. Uh, let me check something. Who could do? Cause I was like, who, 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 who's a snitch? Who's a snitch? Right, and, I, and, right, and obviously, right. I thought it was, and I thought it was Sasha. I said, okay, how was she know? But I feel it gotta right. be her and whatnot. But when she come and realized that it was him, 
I was kind of thrown. I was kind of thrown too, but I was like, okay, I think, I think you remember, I think in, in the previous season, and episodes, I guess, you know, um, Benita, you know, she just regarded him, I guess, one of his songs right. and for right. him singing right. and stuff like that. So right. I guess, you know, for he's been harboring this resentment all this time and mm. stuff like that, but. But he snitched out, and he he snitched out badly. I mean, because mm-hmm. besides just being a snitch, um, but the, the damage you do right to, to your own marriage, though, right, and you talking right, about doing right. to your you, you know to your wife's mother and stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's really and that's really highly confidential and stuff like that. So of course, uh, it's no wonder CJ. You know, it it, it erodes. Uh, her trust in him, and mm-hmm. so to me, I, I mean, was it really worth it? Really, and but mm-hmm. I was surprised because you know they was talking about going through the adoption, you know, getting a baby, right. I guess a child and stuff like this, and you go and you do this, man, and it was like, and after you done took care of her and all this kind of, um, they right, needed and right. Stuff, and I was kind of thrown by it. I was like, oh, my gosh, why you do that, man? Like, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> yeah, really, it, bro? It really, mm-hmm, it really didn't make, to me, it was really disconnected. And like you said, Brother Ainsley, I thought about the previous season where, you know, she was really mean to him, blah, 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 blah. But my thought was, you know, he says, um, I tried to get it back. I, I tried to cancel it, Shanti's. Now, I don't know how you thought. Had you made, you intentionally called the gossip column to tell them, and you know this is going to be hot news. Why, you know, why would you even go that route? But, again, it's, it's a, five minutes too late to try to pull it back. What do you think? I actually love the twist because these episodes have become so predictable. Sasha was too predictable because she's messy. So, of course, naturally you would expect it to come from her. When CJ was sitting there with her face like, oh, snap, could it be? I had no idea. I He was the furthest person from my mind. So I loved that scene because it actually had some suspense. Like, I really couldn't guess anything. So I love that. So when, you know, the husband walked in, I was like, oh, she's, you know, thinking him. And I, I agree. I don't know how you thought you called the shade room and thought you were now going to retract your statement. But one of the things that really stands out to me is, and, you know, Brother Angie just brought it up, you know, they're supposed to be, you know, keeping this appointment to, with the adoption agency and all that, people keep thinking they can overturn God's decision. They have been trying to have a child for how long? You know, in real lifetime, it could have been years. In our time, it's a whole season ago. We've been witnessing them going through miscarriages and, you know, whatever else they've been experiencing. And this could have been one of the reasons why God did not allow them to have a child. Just because you're married does not mean 
you're supposed to be a parent at all or maybe during this time. Because how are you now going to focus on being proper parents and one of your parents is shady? Now, this takes all the, so you see how quick now, you see how quick now the, the, the abortion uh, uh, appointment is null and void, right? You can't have mm-hmm. a child and now you abandon feeding the child, spending time with the child, taking care of the child, because now you got to attend to the fact that your husband is a snitch. He's, he's an op, as they say in the street. You, you, can't, you can't take time away from the baby. So now you got to focus on how, how, is, how is my husband now going to deal with, with this child? Are you going to keep secrets from me when it comes to this child? Are you now going to teach my child to be an op? Like, see, all these things are valid concerns. But y'all keep thinking that y'all can go and get surrogates and, and y'all can go get this in vitro and push issues to be parents. And God is trying to prevent that because he's saying there are more important matters here, something more important that you have to deal with than becoming parents. And I'm like, I really hope people are paying attention to this because I really doubt they're going to that abortion, uh, abortion, I'm sorry, um, adoption, adoption appointment now or anytime soon. And I want to know how serious do you think somebody, so he stormed off the office and smack the papers all off the desk like somebody did you know. something to him. But then but then you got on high waters, bro. Can't nobody take you serious. <laughs> like, you really mad. And we can see your ankles. Like, I'm going to need you to... Repeat. How you doing this and you, and we supposed to be parents? How you doing we supposed to be parents? You keep people, don't, don't analyze things enough. Don't analyze things enough. You cannot... Because if you had to go to my child's school, and, you know, sometimes the parents are justified in being upset, especially with the things we hear that's going on in these schools nowadays. If we if we both had to go to the school and you did this in the principal's office, I would be sitting looking at you laughing. Because now I'm like, how serious do you think the principal's taking you? And I'm not taking you seriously. All, all these things you have to pay attention to. But that that was one of the things that really, really stands out to me. Like, we have to stop pushing the issue because where, look at all the time they've been married, she would have never thought he would have done anything like that. And I love, I love how she, I love how she termed it when he said, is this how you look at me? And she said, yes, because all I see is someone who is waving his hand, screaming for attention. And that's all that is. Anytime somebody goes to the blog, it is all for attention and I loved it because I was like she stepped out of being his wife because you, you, you done made it real now so you want real you want street I'm going to give you street I ain't your wife right now I'm going to have to tell you how you look I'm going to have to tell you who you are I loved it I loved it so I, yeah it, I actually that, yeah. that whole thing was crazy I actually loved the response as well um, you know when when she First of all, it was a mystery to all of us who were viewing this because, if you remember, the only people that knew was Darlene, the mother, that she was faking, and Mm -hmm. CJ. And that's why it like when right. you said Brother Ainsley, you know, well, how was Sasha? No, because it was it was, that's what everybody was thinking. It's like, well, it was only the two of you. The two of you are not going to tell this uh, because there was so much at risk to to finding, you know, for to, this being exposed. So when she says, 
I confided in you. And it was like, oh, that stung. That stung. Because now mm-hmm. it's like, yo, yeah. you you the one closest to me. You knew what mm-hmm. this could do to the entire um, equation of um, um, us coming back. We just got finished doing this whole um this whole interview to kind of put the family back together again in the public's eye, us together, you know, make us cohesive again as a family, blah, 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 blah. You knew all of this. And how could you, of all people, do something that could be so damaging? So I, too, really liked when, you know, she came back and she was like, yeah, because this is an attention getter. And I really did. I I really liked that as well because, you know, it really showed – you know, she's paying attention to, you know, who this is and um, and to show how, um, um, what's the word I want to use, um, how infantile he is. You know, it's like, well, how you get there? You know, that that's my tagline. How we get here? How we get here to you literally picking up a phone? And it, well, you couldn't even say punk that, yo, man, I was talking to my boy, and it kind of slipped out. You couldn't even say that. You literally picked up a phone and really ratted this whole information out. And how could you possibly think that we could be considering parenthood right about now? Because that show ain't happening. So it, it, it was really, it was very good. Um, and, and I'm really glad to see, you know, she was willing to stand up and, you know, kind of put an end to this whole thing. I, I think it's a very interesting um, statement you made, Shantice, um, you know, about, you know, becoming, um, you know, pushing this parenting when God has other things that need to be worked out because it's 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 true. It's very mm-hmm. true. Um, mm-hmm. Pushing forward. Um, very interesting. We now have this whole thing with Darlene firing Danita and um, taking her, um, you know, to to task about, you know, the fact that she was lying, she wasn't holding everything down, and blah 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 blah. Was that a little extreme to you, brother? I wanted to just take a, a quick second to kind of go through this because um, I definitely want to discuss some stuff about uh, the the uh, church folk. But I, I, but I, I want to talk about this really quickly because it flips also, which I thought it was really an interesting thing. So what do you think about that yeah. whole Darlene and kicking – you know, uh, 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 Danita having her escorted out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was like, really? You going to actually have security throw <laughs> your own daughter out the building? Are you are you really taking it to that to that to that level? Was that really warranted? I mean, to me, it was like clearly way over the top. I mean, it's one thing. It's bad enough. You going to tell her, all right, you fired. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm, to tell you, mm-hmm. no, you got to leave the building. And matter of fact, here's security to take you yes. out. I thought it was, I thought that was really over the top, man. I think it was like, that was a little bit, you didn't have to go that far. You didn't have to go that far. 
And but I think it prompted what was to happen later on. You yes. know. Um mm-hmm. so if you see if you want to take it to extremes, all right, if we talk we wanna to go to extremes, all right, well we're gonna to go to extremes, you know. And you know, and that played out. So yeah, I thought it was I thought it was way over the top, man. I think you really have to go there. I, I saw yeah. the when he saw the security guard, I'm like, Why he why why is he why is he in the picture? I'm like he gonna take her out, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, I thought it was over the top. I thought it was over the top. Okay, well, while you still got the mic real quick, then talk about the front uh-huh. side. Oh, man. <laughs> talk about the battle of Virginia. I know you call it Darlene. I keep saying Loretta and, and whatnot. Um, that, that last board scene, the last mm-hmm. the scene, the board scene. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. The back and forth and whatnot. Um, I across my mind, I was like, "Do you mean to tell me we're not going to see Loretta Devine in the series no more? Is she kicked out?" <laughs> you know, I, I, I do like a, I do like a in, uh, in 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 the series. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought I thought I thought it was interesting. The back and forth still, um. I don't want to go too far, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because it was like you see you see that there's this there's hidden animosity between them between mm-hmm. between them two. It's mm-hmm. like you know, okay, we're going we're going tit for tat, tat for you know, tat for tit. And again, if it wasn't for Darlene trying to push her out, mm-hmm. and then she had had the idea, okay, well, let me uh, sneak. Uh, do a sneak release of something and get some strings so now she become she has some ammunition to go into the board meeting with and you know so it was like Darlene she kind of not knowing pushed her own demise by going mm-hmm. to that extreme mm-hmm. right you know right. I think you know what I'm saying she you know uh, <laughs> I was, was just saying you know well she caused her own demise with that because on the mind. I thought it was interesting that back and forth, that dialogue going back and forth. Yeah. Okay, okay. Shantish, you got 60 seconds to discuss this whole Danita being kicked out to now the uh, table being turned, literally, <laughs> with Darlene having to face, you know, the maker. I saw that coming. I actually thought it was going to happen sooner. And one, the thing that just really came to mind is, you know, again, like it was said, you know, y'all set up these companies because you want the appeal of how it looks, and then the company ends up kicking you out. <laughs> you know, and we heard about it a lot of times. We witnessed it a lot of times that you put the company together, you put the board members together, and these are the same members that then vote you out and replace you. And a lot of times you only have board members and stuff, just like in the church, because of the image and the appeal of it. To have a board makes you seem more, you know, real, like this is a real company and, you know, we're really about business and the prestige. Now you're not even there. You know, so it's like you did set yourself up, you know, for this. Um, and you really thought you were invincible, and then you ended up getting escorted out with your platinum record. So, 
Yolanda Adams acting, it it came across well. Um, the the dynamic between the two of them, you could tell that this was the chickens coming home to roost. The hatred and the animosity between the two of them really came to a head, and how it, um, uh, like you said, brother Ains, um, you know, you actually pushed your own, you know, self out the door because by Danita revealing all the stuff you did, you could literally see, I thought the reaction, the silent reactions um, of the board members, were, were, it was classic, you know, didn't have to say a word, but you were reading them all along, it's like the more the dynamic went between uh, uh, the two of them, the, the, the more intense it got, the more they were turned off. To the, I mean, you can see them shaking their heads. You can see their facial expressions. You can see their body language. So this was really a nice theatrical. It was almost like a courtroom type of thing where it was just between the two of them, and you just watched this whole um, kingdom kind of crumble right before Darlene slash Loretta's eyes and into her lap. And like Shanti said, she ended up. With her or one record underneath her arm being escorted out. So I thought that was really, really, really good. I got like 10 minutes to talk about something else um, because I want to take us through to the end of uh, episode six, which was an interesting cliffhanger. But you have this, I'm just, I'm going to say this part where, um, you know, Essence and, and Taj, you know they're 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 talking, and now you know they're in the hospital, and now that they've gotten word that there's nothing wrong with the baby, you know everybody's all excited, and now you know she's <clears throat> kind of talking about getting this cosmetic surgery, blah 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 blah, and now she, Ainsley said it earlier, she gives Taj, you know this this word that he cannot work with Rebel anymore, and surprisingly enough. You know, you to, to me, you can't be that desperate to say yes, and now you repropose to her. And I'm just going to push it past there because I definitely want to go into the next um, episode um, where now you have the son who actually reveals himself. And, Brother Ains, I'm going to give you the first leg on this one. 60 seconds. What you got? <laughs> Uh, okay, you know, okay, when she reveals himself, when he reveals himself, uh, I'm going to try to take to my notes, okay? Uh, you know, I thought, of all time, I mean, I thought it was very sincere, and, and, you know, like, you know, he tells a story what, what happened, but what got to me, though, is Donita is like, you know, she wants to keep it a secret. Oh. You know, you know. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Mm. You mean you feel like you just have a child? First, you, have, you thought it was like a revelation. You know, when you was in the hospital. Now you mm-hmm. come to, you had this big blowout with your mom, 
and and she tells you that he died if he lies or whatever the case may be, you find out that he is and he's giving you proof and you want to keep and the first thing in your mind is like, no, I got to keep this a secret. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it shows to me, it just goes to her mentality. It's like, what's the cover up? And this is your child. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, you want to cover up your child and it's like, okay, no, Okay, one minute. Let's let me figure out how I'm gonna tell, tell the family and stuff like it was. It was more about protecting what she got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more it's more of a selfish reason in trying to keep it a secret. And that's the part right. it got to me about with her. I was like, oh, come on now, really, come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, yeah, that yeah. that that yeah. was a twist. That was a twist. That was a, that was definitely a twist. You would think that. You know, she would want to, you know, like you said, share with the world. You know, now you're like, oh, my gosh, my child is really alive. My mom told me the child was dead last episode. (laughs) You know, I thought that the child was just kind of floating out here, but mom says the child is dead, died from SIDS and all of this kind of stuff. And now I realize that this child is alive. 60 seconds, Shantice. I thought that Calvin knew. He doesn't know. I thought that was extremely disgusting for him to ask who who's my father, oh. and you shake your head like you were some, like you were some prostitute who slept with everybody, so you couldn't answer the question. You know, so what's the point in you again? So you asking, you know, whoever prayed for me come? It was all about you again, all about you, and I was like, God, this must be some serious anointing you have on this man because. I ain't, I don't know if I can pray for you after that. Mm-hmm. You telling me you still want to keep me a secret, and then I'm going to ask you, would you like me to pray for you? Somebody need to pray for me right now. So that, I was just like, Jesus, your power is mighty, because that was just all the way, to, and you could see the hurt in his eyes. Yes, like, yes, so, yes, yes. So, so it's, it's all about, I know you have a family, but so I I still don't matter. I still don't matter even after I've I've become selfless. And I'm telling you that God asked me to come here on your behalf. And now something as simple, even if you said your father is this, but look, can the three of us sit down and talk? And before this becomes the world's news, let us, you know, reunite and stuff, because that's completely understandable, because, again, we all see what the world does with stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just all about you, and I was like, this this continues to show how disgusting she is, mm-hmm. and even with God extending himself yet again to you, you don't deserve to be reunited with your child, you don't deserve for your child to do anything good for you, you're still making it about you and you're still keeping up these lies. It was just disgusting. Yeah, it was it was drastic. That was drastic. When he asked, may I ask who my, who my father is or what's his name, whatever, and she shook her head, I almost fell out the chair. I was like, yo, really? And not even understanding. And this is, you know, I have Pastor KL on, and, and this is, I'm going to, turn this into a seg- the segue into our 
um, <laughs> church folk um, segment, you know, we've been talking about the fact that Deacon Dwayne, Deacon Kirk, has been talking about this honesty this whole time from last season to this season. He's been talking about, as her advisor, he's been talking about her being honest, talking about her telling the truth. Even Israel, even Israel Horton comes to visit her. And, you know, he he, he, he talks to her for a little bit, and he says to her, hey, you know, um, the truth, you know, the truth is, it can, you know, the truth is going to come out. God always reveals the truth, even though we don't want him to. And here, like Shanti said, you know, for your for your benefit, the the God sends your son, your adult son, and here you are trying to keep it a secret, not only from the world but from your family. And you know, what does it say about this? You know. Secrecy, and I'm going to say good morning to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning, Brother Angel. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You're doing well. Thank you. Doing well. righty, righty. You know, she's been Danita Yolanda Adams has been warned over and over and over again about her honesty mm-hmm. and how her dishonesty is really holding up her progression and she's at this point where her memory is back however her voice is still not back and um now her son arrives and she still doesn't want him to tell the truth. What does this do for our walk and, and our our blessings and gifts being possibly hindered when we do not tell the truth? Well, first of all, anything anything in the dark is going to come to light. Anything built on a lie will definitely crumble. Um, you know, God, God, God can't completely use you unless you're completely honest. You know, you got to let some things go and you have to tell some things. You know, they, they were overcome, you know, by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. You know, you you, you have to speak it in, in order for God to fix it. Mm. You know, well, needless to say, ain't no fixing going on because she still ain't got the gift, you know, that she really, 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 you know, is is uh, needing and who, that's made her famous. And, you know, so, you know, I'll talk about um, our little cliffhanger um, right before we close down um, this this uh, this episode. But, you know, it, it's really something to watch that she's holding up her entire family from knowing about this son, her son who's just, um, revealed himself is now being hurt all over again, finding out that his mother does not even want to tell her family that, you know, he exists and not even giving her, him a name or the name of the father. Um, I want to move on to something else that that um, Brother Ainsley brought up. There was um, the car accident with um, essence, and where everybody thought that the baby would have been harmed, 
And when she, when she's, when they get the news, her and and, and uh, the baby's father get the news that you know the baby's going to be well. She, her words were, "I manifested healing by meditation. The universe has blessed my womb." And he says, "No, well." God answered prayers. Let's talk about that for a little while and how this whole universe and meditation has seemed to kind of taken over uh, for some people where God should be given the credit, Pastor K.L. Well, you hit it on the nose. I mean, people, they want to create stuff. They want to create reasons why stuff happens you know i was lucky i was in the right place at the right time and you know god has has had his hand on you all this time you know i i knew you before you was created you know i ordained you for such a time like this so so people have to realize that it's not because of what you think because you were sitting down with your legs crossed and meditating you know it's because god saw it fit not to have you die god saw it fit not to have you exposed. You know, I, I say a lot of times God won't expose you because of the people. Because if because if he exposed you, he he lose more than just you. So so sometimes, you know, you're in God's ark of safety for a reason. Mm, what's the danger, you would you say, in not acknowledging the fact that, you know, God is the end all and be all and you want to throw this out to some universe but what well, well, the danger is if god ever decides to take the the, the arc of safety from around you or or, or or take the hedge from around you that then then you are vulnerable to the wolves you know that that's the danger when when you no longer think that or you see that you don't really have the power that you thought you had that it was only God that kept you. At that point, it may be too late. Mm, too late. Mm. What does that mean to you, Shantice, when Pastor K.L. says, you don't give this acknowledgement. You got 60 seconds to talk about, you know, too late. What is too late? What could too late mean? The switch tip yesterday, being spiritually <laughs> blind. Because even even in our our time of, you know, before we give our lives officially, before we get baptized, there has to be some level of spiritual awareness, obviously, because we do not want God on our own. So he has to give us some level of spiritual insight so that he can now look attractive to us. So now we can consciously make that decision of, do I want to stay where I am and contend with this slow world, or do I want to go with God and allow him to show me the level of elevation I can have. So when you continue, and it's funny because I just said that to someone last week, there's some, some higher power. I was like, yeah, and this people all that. I, I don't do the higher power. I'm talking about God. Well, then say God. When, when you're talking to me, please say God. I don't do the higher power because that's a way for people to not have to acknowledge God and say his name. Say his name. Say Jesus. Say God, or we're not going to talk about him at all. And it, it may have come across harsh, but I ain't here, but this is why. Because you start now to tell God that I'd rather be spiritually blind. And now, as Pastor Kale said, when he takes that gift away from you, 
Now you're left to only see things the way everyone else in the world sees things. So now you only see Mother Nature and the higher power and the universe and all of that. So it is very much possible that you will not have the ability to see God for who he is. That's the danger in it. Brother Ains, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, Pascal says it may be too late. What is too late? Too, uh, as Pastor Kale said, too late is when God removes his grace and mercy upon us and stuff like If he just removes it and you start to, one, you don't, you don't have to even remove it from us. I mean, well, if you just look, just observe, you know, when you see what other people are going through, or what you could have gone through. Um, if you just think about, look, I'm like, I, I might be in a bad situation, but I could be in a worse. It, it could be worse. You see other people going through uh, major con- catastrophes and stuff like that. They said, "Oh, thank God, that's not me, because I could be in that situation." And it's like, thank God, I, at least I, I believe in God. And as, as Shanti said, and I think about no. No higher power, and I think I ma- I manifested this good outcome. It was it's because of my own doing. Uh, it's too it's too late if you start thinking like I I have the power to do this. You know, if you start coming to this um, what do you call it agnostic or atheist kind of belief, uh, then it's it's, it's kind of it's, it's it's too late. But as long as I have, it's right, it's too, that's when it's too late to me. Means, and you start getting along those lines and whatnot, because you don't want to go too far. When you go too far, and when God removes His grace and mercy upon you, then it's too late. That is late. Mm. Let's let's shift gear here a little bit, and let's talk about. Let's go back and you know something that we've talked about. Um, in this episode, we talked about it in other episodes, but I want to talk about this um, with Pastor KL, you know, where, you know, you have Rebel who is from the streets. She started singing the gospel. You know, they put it in there, um, you know, off the streets, so she knows absolutely nothing about God. She's singing um, about God. She's singing these lyrics that she cannot identify with, and now... Um, you know, she's because of desperation and things are not moving fast enough, she now goes back to singing or she goes to singing secular music. And she has this uh, producer and, you know, he's written some songs and she's not feeling it and that she's not feeling the secular music because now the words that she's been singing from the gospel side is now beginning to take root and she's seeing how the words in the gospel music changes lives and why is this so important that we pay attention to this transition and and what it can do so let's let's just take it from why is this so important that we pay attention to the transition that's taking place in our life when we begin to see how God moves. Ooh, I like that one. Who you asking? Uh, oh, Pastor KL. Oh, okay. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't make that clear. I'm sorry. 
Well, I mean, it's it's important. First of all, you know, when when you sing gospel, you know, gospel brings life. Gospel tells a real story. You know, there there are a lot of folks who are are going through, you know, what you are singing and what you are portraying in this song. You, You are giving hope to a lot of people. And and you as as the the, the the singer, if you would, you should be aware of this stuff. First of all, it should hit home first. Anytime you minister, it should minister to you first. You know, and, and because ministry begins at home and then spread abroad. So so you should be you should realize what what kind of gift and anointed that, that you have. Now remember gifts come without repentance. You know, there are there are a lot of folks who had has gifts but has no power. You know, they're, 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 no matter how well you sing, some folks would never be touched by your gift. But it's by the anointing that, that, that destroys the yoke and the anointing that would move into people's lives and, and bring about a change. Mm, okay, okay. So I'm going to throw this out there. I want to throw this out there. And I, I'll start with you, um, Brother Ainsley. So Pastor K.L. says, you know, well, uh, uh uh, gospel music brings life. It speaks to you know uh, what's going on in people's lives. Well, love songs do as well. You know, a great love song relayed well can definitely um, um, describe what a person's feeling, um, change a life. What's the difference? Oh man, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. You know, um, just actually, just this past weekend, I think it was Saturday evening. Um, I, I, I just happened. I said, you know what? I just want to hear. I turned up to an R&B station, right? I streamed some R&B, right? I said, me hear what's currently going on and stuff like that, right? And so, like, I know, like, my, like my wife, she really, she can't she, anything for vanity. She can't. She don't want to deal with the movies. It got too much vanity. She, she, she muted. Turn it off. I can deal with it a little bit more than she can, right? However, this Saturday, I'm driving and listening to the, the lyrics of what they're talking about. Okay, I, okay. It was just this song about F this person, I'm cheating, yada, yada. Okay, next song is on the same line. And it's, it's, it's both young men and young women. The, 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 the lyrics, the, the subject, the topic they're talking about, I'm like... Is this where we are at now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the music, the lyrics makes a difference, and but the subject matter, yeah, a love story, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's subjective, but there's sometimes it could be something wholesome about it. But what I heard Saturday, I'm like, like for half an hour, I'm like, this is nothing but straight. I hate to say it like this, but it's like straight trash, and I'm like, my God, no wonder. And the people you listen to this. This gets into your psyche. This gets into your into your to your, 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 your to your mental. Like this is okay. This is where we at now. This what's different. What gospel is, you know, there's so it's totally different. It's supposed to be uplifting. You you are proclaiming, in in one form, what kind of if you want to do traditional, contemporary gospel and whatever it may be being. You're up. You're uplifting and you're you're, you're encouraging others, and so. Um, the lyrics, yeah, it, it makes a huge, a huge difference, and and I, I can't believe what I was listening to. Uh, um, 
uh, this weekend, Saturday. I'm like, oh, my God. And it was like um, duets. I'm like, there was nothing, nothing like the prior R&B, say, from the 90s or 80s or 2000s and stuff like that. I'm like, it, it, it was like so demonic, but dressed up in a good music sort of point, point of view. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it, it was it was eye opening for me. Honestly, I eye opening for me. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was incredible. So um, it's, it's, so our music is desperately um, desperately needed. Okay, okay. Shantich, you know, well before your time, you had My Girl and, you know, all these kind of songs that, you know, did change lives, you know. And then we moved into music that definitely changed lives where they said, you know, the music caused people to um, commit crimes and, you know, uh, treat people. Um, in a certain way, so that changed lives as well. But even as a millennial, how have you seen um, gospel music change even regular secular music, you know, um, and just kind of still, it's still changing lives in one way where secular music has definitely taken a turn and changed lives in, in another way. I see it from the aspect of how God overall over everything is allowing the real fruit of whatever that is to be shown. So we understand that anything outside of God is vanity in the aspect of emptiness. And we're seeing that whether it's um, secular music, secular thoughts, secular movies, secular careers, it all ends up leading to emptiness versus when you pursue things in God and what God has for you, he's allowing you to see that there's some real fruits and substance from it. So like Brother Ainsley said, it's one of the reasons why I don't listen to the regular radio anymore and why everybody wonders why I still watch Good Times and Martin Wayne's Brothers because the stuff that comes out now is just, empty is trash is garbage versus you know like you said pastor stuff you know when you think about my grill and all of that yeah it was secular but you saw that people actually cared about what they produced no one cares about what they produce now really um, for the most part unless you're in god because god calls for a level of elevation god does not accept oh i wake up today and I can get on Instagram and declare that I'm a songwriter and I haven't written one song. He's going to check you. you know, he, he's going to check you on that. So it, it really shows the difference in who you allow to lead you. If you're secular, whether you want to accept it or not, you're allowing the devil to lead you. You may see some fruit, but it's very short-lived and it ends up to emptiness. If you're godly and you're allowing God to lead you, sometimes you don't always see the tangible fruit, but God allows you to see how it is going to lead and it is leading to substance. And now it's like he has to allow you to see it because it's real easy for you to switch back 
to the devil because the devil is going to show you instantaneously like, oh, yeah, you can have this, you can have that, you can have that. And that's why you see the difference in the the entertainment field. And, and you know, you do have your, your mishaps, you know, your, your, your few exceptions. But as a whole, you see the drastic difference in those who care about their fruits and those who just want the five minutes of what I can show right now. All right. All right. Ah, Pastor K.L., there was a, a scene in uh, the, the this, this, this set of episodes where Erica Campbell is going on tour, and she's gathering women to take this tour with her. And she come, she goes to this rebels. You know, this is the 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 character we're talking about who they took off the street and you know they put her in the gospel arena and you know she's had some problems, um, you know, uh, adapting to uh, the gospel and the Christian world, and so she's kind of dabbled publicly with the fact that she's, you know, still getting her feet wet with the contemporary music and she went back to stripping and things like that as far as the people can, you know, public can see. And so Caesar, who she's addressing, Erica, he, he says, I got just a woman. And so he says, a rebel. And she was like, oh, yeah, I know her. He says, she can sing. And she was like, I know. And he was like, oh, no, you know, she's really good. She says, I know. But the the issue for Erica Campbell going on tour was I don't need anybody messy. I don't need, she's got too much stir. And I don't think she's ready yet for the touring because I don't know how people are going to receive her. What does that mean? I mean, what does that mean to people who are out here who are trying to um, tour and, you know, become well-known and make their money and, you know, hang with heavy hitters like an Erica Campbell and a Tasha Cobb and, a, you know, um, all of those, you know, big uh, you, uh, gospel I'll you, people? I'll Okay, Al. Yeah, I know. I know. You talking. know what? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll let you throw yourself in there. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> this is what I would say. First, I just want to, for sixty seconds, just address the other the other comment that you asked. And you asked, what's the difference between the, the the love songs and 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 the gospel songs? Well, well, well. One is that the love songs speak to your natural man. Gospel songs speak to your spiritual man, which is a difference. The, the the second difference is that, you know, we we continue to plant seeds within ourselves. And depending on what you're listening to will de- determine what seed you plant in yourself. Now, remember that any seed that's planted deep enough has to grow. But what it produces is the difference. So that's what I want to say about that. Um, well, so so okay. the, 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 the second thing is that, listen, guilty by association. You know, if, if 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 I know you ain't living nothing, we can't hang together, because then they're gonna begin to think that I'm not living nothing. You know, they 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 can know your story, they can know your testimony, but once they see you with Pookie, oh, he must have backslid. He must have went back. <laughs> so so, so there, there's gonna always be a question about you, and for some of us, 
you know, we fought and we struggled and we went through too much stuff for this anointing for you to come and ride my coattail and drag me back. Mm. So sometimes you got to leave them where they are. Wow, wow, wow. Shanties, Pastor KL says sometimes you got to leave them where they are. We fought too much. What say you? I agree. It's uh, where I can see it from both angles. I can see why Caesar was pushing and I can see how like, you could tell Erica Campbell was like, I understand, and I want to be able to say yes, but the way her image is set up and the way her mouth is set up and the way her attitude is set up, you know, we, it, and I remember her um, when she was on Ayala Fix My Life for Leandria, and she was you know, saying to somebody something like, you know, we have to fight as as Christian artists to be taken serious um, in certain, in a lot of aspects because people figure because we're uh, we're singing for God, we shouldn't get paid a certain way, or we should accept you not paying us at all. So you know, normally, okay, this is my career when I go and perform. You know, let's say, okay, you give me a certain amount before I perform, and once I leave the stage, you give me the other amount. But you don't feel like you have to give me that. I should be able to wait for it because I'm 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 a Christian singer, so I should understand like stuff like that. So you know, they and then on top of that, being a woman in that industry, you know, you you have to make sure you're carrying yourself a certain way just to be taken serious. Then on top of that, you being a Christian artist, so I understand the protection that she has. This is something that God has given me to do and and he and God has handpicked each woman on this roster. I cannot allow and I understand we all God has brought us all a mighty long way. But if you still coming with this project mentality and now I gotta worry about you throwing the mic at, you know, while you performing or, or your boyfriend coming up on stage to see all this stuff like we can't have this. Because there, there is a certain level of conduct we have to make sure this event brings. You know, forget about necessarily the image that this event brings because we're presenting God. So she may not be all the way there in, in her relationship yet, but has she allowed God to elevate her enough to where she realizes where she is and how she's supposed to act? Because there's many people who can be put in any arena and function in any arena. And it's not necessarily because they live such a holy life, but because they understand I do as the Romans do in, in, in that in that manner. So I, I saw it from both angles. And when they were, like, sitting at the table, I was just sitting there saying, she don't even understand how she has jeopardized yet another leg of elevation she can have because you're not in the room witnessing this, but yet the intern is sitting there witnessing. And I'm like, I hope this intern is paying attention because even though she's been showing she has some sense, you better keep your sense good because they could be talking about you next. And when she said, is there anyone else? And he looked at her and I'm like, see, look at how you could then make yourself a candidate where, you know, because she's been pushed out there as an artist, it would be natural for her to be suggested. But because you're the one with the with the good conduct and you're the one with the positive mannerisms and, and, and temperament and all of that, you have now made yourself eligible. So right. it, it, I, the, the whole, I was just like, she didn't even realize how she just jacked herself all up because this should have been a no-brainer. She just should have been able to drop your name 
and it would have been like, oh, okay, cool. You know, she may not, you know, be baptized yet. She may not, but she carries herself a certain way. She she is talented, so I, I can get with that. But we just mess ourselves all up. All right, all right, brother Ainsley. What what's your thought on this whole? You know, Erica's like, uh, I know she's good. Uh, I know she's good, but uh, what say you? Yeah, because she was like, you know, she's going on tour with KL and Tasha Cobbs <laughs> and everybody else. <okay. laughs> oh, right? And, but she did say, <laughs> and she said, but the thing her concern was, and the character in the show, was this is about ministry? Yeah, it's a it's a mm-hmm. yeah it's a tour, but it's about ministry, and you know ministry is being of service. So and it's like you know it's like okay yeah that just shows you yeah you can have a good as Pastor Kale said you have a gift, but you know is the anointing there, and are you going to be of good service? And somebody who's in charge of a tour, you know you just don't want anybody and everybody just because they can sing. You want somebody to be effective and be able to effectively minister. It ain't so much as about singing the song, but can you minister through the song? Are you are you the one who's allowed to be used on stage? Suppose God just wants to change change something up. Are you are you gonna allow God to do that? Are you are you in that touch with him? And your reputation precedes you. And your reputation precedes you. Uh you know, yeah, God can use anybody at any any at any given time. Uh, but when it comes to ministry, uh, you have to take it's a certain higher level, a certain level of more responsibility, and you got to be a little more cautious with that. So I definitely can understand it. You definitely, you know, I was kind of root in that scene. I was kind of rooting for Rebel, but you definitely can understand it's like, nah, I don't know, right, because right, truthfully, right. because truthfully, and in the storyline, she was just in the club with X. So now you want to go on tour. <laughs> you want to go on tour with Erica Campbell. So it, it was the right move, you know. Yeah, and Brother Kale, he was he wasn't gonna like it either. So. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Um, we have this uh, cliffhanger, and. You have where she, uh, Danita, is, you know, she knows she can't sing. The gift has not returned, despite her memory has returned. The gift has not. She's been asked to do this promotional um, uh, presentation where she's singing, and, you know, she can get this uh this booking of this Danita and Friends concert or show, whatever you want to call it, and she stages this uh, show where she has a live pian- pianist, and it appears as though he's playing, but in actuality they're pa- playing a, a recording, and she's lip-syncing, and somebody leans onto the board and stops the recording. So now she's exposed. So, Pastor Kale, I want you to close with exposed because of your lies, uh, because you have refused to become humble enough, 
you're now exposed. When 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 you keep trying God, and and I mean trying when they say you know you trying my nerves. When you keep trying God, God God will give you what you ask for after a while. You know it it, it it's it's like the the child who wants candy and candy and candy and Mama keeps saying no and after a while he says okay that's what you want you have and, and Mama knows you gonna have a stomachache. You know God knows this ain't what 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 it might be what you want but He knows this ain't what you need right now. And God is trying to shield you from that thing that you want that's going to cause drastic drama in your life. And a lot of times we keep, for a lack of a better term, hell hacking God. God, you said, God, you said, this is what I want. God, 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 God. And, and I'm not ready for this shit. I'm not ready to, to do that. But, but, but I know you can do this for me. You know, and we get to a point where, where God releases himself from you. When, 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 when you just so define, you know what I mean, that, that you can no longer, no one can ever teach you anything anymore. No one can ever tell you anything anymore. When God can't speak to you and when God can no longer speak through you, that's a problem. You, that's a problem. You, you, you are no longer an asset to the kingdom because he can't get anything across through you. So, so, so that the people that he has for you, They'll never get to the next level because you're always in a place where your feet can't be ordered, where your mouth can't be ordered, where your actions cannot be ordered by God because you wanted to do it all your way. I, I tell you, humble yourself. Trust in the Lord with all of thy heart. Lead not to thy own understanding, but in all of thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall and will direct your path. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Kale, for joining us today. And uh, thank you for your contribution in today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. Wonderful words, wonderful words. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brother Ainsley, oh, that's the cliffhanger. And it looks like we've got a quick pause in our last two episodes um, that's airing. Uh, What do you think and uh, where do you hope it goes? (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, what is well? You you will hope that after being exposed, that you come clean with everything, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, uh, but um, it just goes to show you, uh, God can have a sense of humor. You know, uh, he was like, she just being exposed for everything, and so much that. If I'm not mistaken, um, she ran out. She ran out the studio, just right, like completely right. embarrassed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I would hope that next episode, uh, she kind of. I know she's gonna be upset, probably upset. You know what happened and so forth and so on. And but I saw it coming. Cause I was like, this is a bad lip sync job too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad lip sync job. Mm-hmm. So I saw it coming. And so I, I, I believe um, I don't know how you're going to come out come out of that. I'm like at this point, maybe it's going to force her to uh, you know just to come forth. And hopefully, uh, is she going to uh, bring out the the issue with you know her her, her son? You might you know you expose you might as well just expose everything. 
You know, just come clean. Just come clean. Come clean about your son. Come clean about your voice not being there. Her mother will like it because she can probably get some insurance money. Remember that? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what it was going to go. Yeah. All right, Shantice. Oh, this is a cliffhanger. It looks like we may have a little pause in the follow-up final two episodes because I don't see a date that they're planning to air these um, these two. They might, you know, within another week, they might put it out there. But where do you hope to see this go? So humility. Humility. Sorry. It's like, how much further down do you want to go after that? Because it was already exposed that you were faking. I don't know why I keep thinking dementia. Um, you were faking having amnesia, and now you were faking with your voice. They, everyone knew you could really sing before, um, and that. But now some people may even question that. So now your whole life is a big question to everyone. So you might as well just turn on over to God, truly. Go to Deacon Kirk Franklin and let him whatever epiphanies he's gonna give you and just walk back into and you know, back in front of everyone with humility. Because anything else is just I don't know how much further you wanna try to dig yourself into this ditch you can dig in. So I I just hope she comes back straight up humble because this, this this is a mess. A bigger mess now. All right, thank you, Brother Ainsley and Shantice, for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Ah, let's get to this benediction. Ah. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. Mm. These two particular, um, what do you call it? Episodes were loaded. They were loaded, and I have to say, you know, I've said this before, but I will say it again. You know, a lot, a lot of messages. Um, from these episodes that I don't think we got last year. I think we had to, you know, really dig through a whole bunch of stuff. But I think the writers have definitely shown um, us something here this go-round where they want to include a whole lot of messages. And, you know, there have been, you know, a, a lot of different um, things that we can extract, you know, from, you know, these particular episodes that are, are definitely life changers. You know, we're, we're talking about the music and the fact that, you know, hey, you can write a, or hear a wonderful love song and it can change your life. And, you know, when you hear these songs years later, you remember where you were when you first heard it or who you were in love with when you first heard it and, you know, so forth and so on. And, you know, it it, it changes your life. However, you know, when you have a 
a song that is written from, you know, um, in the gospel or the Christian genre. It, it, like, I love the way Pastor Kale said, you know, the love songs speak to the person. It speaks to our flesh. Um, but the Christian music, Christian lyrics speak to, you know, our spirit. And unfortunately, people go, and Shanti talked about this a little bit, you know, from what Erica has said in the past, Erica Campbell, people go for secular music a lot of times because that's where the money is. There's no holes barred, as Brother Ainsley said. You can say and do anything these days, and you're going to have people that's going to buy your music. I don't care how trashy it is. I don't care how... um, explicit it is I don't care I mean it got to a point where in the middle of the day years ago I played you know I was playing my radio I think coming home from work or out on a lunch break or something it was like midday like two o'clock and the the lyrics that were playing on the regular radio during the day I was like "Oh, oh what is that you know normally years ago we would have to wait till after 10 to hear these things after 12 to hear these things but now it's again no holds barred it's whatever sells whatever people like but the one thing we can say about christian music gospel music it 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 literally changes your life it helps you to see that you need a change in your life it helps you to see that you need elevation and this world cannot elevate you the way god can the change that this world, quote-unquote, can give you, God is unmatchable. How God can turn your life around cannot be compared to anything or anyone. No one can give this to you. No one has this to offer you. The enemy can only put up this facade for a little while. You know, it may all appear to be gravy. It may all appear to 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 be good and wonderful and lovely, and you may feel like you're getting somewhere. But at the end of the day, the rug will be pulled from underneath your feet, and you will come into a crash landing. But the one thing I love about God, and I'm sure my brothers and my sisters can say, is God is consistent. And you ain't never got to worry about God shocking you or throwing you for a loop unless it's a good one. Ah, he's full of surprises, full of gifts, full of love, full of things that you could never even fathom. God has for you. So I implore you to trust God and let the words that come across in our Christian music change your life for real. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. 
Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Wow Wednesday? And we get to hear what the ladies have to say. Uh, until then, I love you. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.